Welcome in to Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. So, a little bit of a later episode today because, uh, weird week. But, um, I'm gonna set down some rules for myself real quick, alright? 25 minutes on the clock, alright? That's, that's, that's the rule for today to get this thing done. Um, you probably read the title of this episode. I imagine it'll be something to the effect of the problem with WandaVision. Uh, which ultimately might end up being a little bit of a misleading title. Um, Dragon Ball fans, uh, there was a, a leak that came out today that says Granola is uh, going to be subjected to um, some conditions on his wish. All right, so there's your spoiler update in uh, 15 seconds. You're welcome. Um, WandaVision, huh? Whew. That ending has got uh, people feeling some ways. So, I, even though I titled the pod what I did, I actually really enjoyed the end of WandaVision. Um, emotionally, it got me, for sure. They, they wrapped up a beautiful story uh, in regards to Wanda working through these stages of grief, and final stage acceptance was done beautifully. Um, you know, and that's, it was followed up, um, it was following up, you know, a witch battle in the sky, Dragon Ball Z style, two visions fighting each other, kind of Dragon Ball Z style, but then, you know, doing like a Spock thing, that was pretty cool. Um, I genuinely enjoyed the end of WandaVision. That said, <laughs> um, I do feel like it did have a very safe ending. Um, everything did wrap up pretty neatly in terms of, you know, we've got nine episodes and this is where we want the story to be. Uh, they definitely got to where they wanted it to be, but I think maybe in the process they, um, I don't know. They kind of left some things unresolved, how intentionally those things may or may not have been. I, I don't know. Uh, I feel like a lot of them will be addressed in you know the movies that this show is meant to sort of jump start or lead into um you know spider-man doctor strange captain marvel 2 um i i don't know how much of it is actually loose ends versus you know wait and see um but this because there was so many things that they um decided to I don't know, kind of give us some breadcrumbs on and then ultimately either be an intentional misdirect or, you know, uh, uh, an Easter egg, quote unquote, just a reference for the fans, you know, as they've talked to uh, talked about for some of these things. It's um, it was a little bit of a frustrating circumstance. Now, all of that said, right, WandaVision, I think, is a, a I don't know, I've yet to go back and watch it, watch the entire thing. Um, you know, episodes one through nine again. Um, I, I do imagine it will stand up. I do imagine I will have as much fun as I did watching it week to week. Maybe not. I mean, the theorizing part of it was a big part of what I enjoyed doing week to week, thinking, oh man, what could happen next? But maybe now that I can binge it, it'll be more of a cohesive narrative for me. And, um, you know, some of the things that we get lost in the weeds on when we speculate uh on what could be happening week to week and you know what could happen in the next episode that we've yet to see um you know without running down the rabbit holes too deeply on that and just being able to hit play on the next episode i, I do wonder um 
if I'll enjoy it as much. I think I will. Uh, I think I'll just enjoy it differently uh, than than what I enjoyed uh, watching it this first time through. So the problem with WandaVision, right? Why did I name it, uh, the podcast uh, this title? Um, I did put it out on Twitter, uh, you know, asked a couple of people, you know, did you guys have any particular problems with WandaVision and how the show wrapped up? And I sort of expected to get some feedback regarding, you know, what I just talked about, this the safe sort of ending and how they didn't blow it out into this big, you know, there's this demon influencing everything, whether that's, uh, you know, Mephisto, uh, Cthon, who, whoever the frig with... Um, Chaos Magic and the Darkhold introduced, um, I think it's pronounced Cthon, I'm going with Cthon. So um, we all sort of expected something like that to come in and be like, hey, this is the thing that's been influencing everything all along, whether that be Agatha, whether that be, um, you know, Wanda and the deal with the devil sort of uh, scenario that we all sort of envisioned for her to get this perfect life uh, in Westview to be able to happen for her. And ultimately, um, Let's see who did I get back to me? Uh, I'm Dookie, uh, D- Ducky. God damn it! I wish I could say your name better. I'm just gonna say at Ducky. It's D U H H K Y. All right. How the hell would you guys pronounce that? Is it Dookie or is it Ducky? I think it's Ducky, but it's spelled funny. Um, the only thing uh they were upset with was the episode lengths. I understand why they did the 30-minute runtime for the sitcoms episodes, but it would have been cool to get longer episodes for the flashback eps. Like, I feel like Agatha's episode didn't give us enough backstory. All right. Yeah. Um, and they did definitely kind of ramp up the the length of the episodes toward the end there a little bit. I feel like episode four um, and then episode, I think it's eight. Episode four and eight are like the breaks from the the sitcom you know, tropes. Episode four is like that first one where it's primarily like in the sword base, it's Jimmy Woo, it's Darcy, and they're kind of piecing together everything that we've seen through these, you know, variations of sitcoms in the first three episodes and working through everything that we were working through as a fandom at the same time, which was kind of a cool little thing to see. Um, And then I think episode eight is the flashback episode we're talking about. You feel like we didn't see enough of Agatha, which I understand. Uh, You really do only get, you know, her trial by her coven. And we're fucking them up. So, um, reasonable drop, uh, their problem. Maybe I was hoping a little too much for ties to other fran. This is what I'm talking about. All right. Maybe I was hoping a little too much for ties to other franchises, realities, and such, like X-Men and lead-ups to movies coming up. A great standalone show, though, really no complaints. Just felt like it was an important show that deserved a bigger place or role in the MCU. I think that's a very... Even-minded take, reasonable drop. Um, and to that I'll say, I think we all thought mutants were coming. They even teased us so much to the point that they casted a mutant in the show um, and seemingly went nowhere with it. I have a whole thing about Ralph Boner we're going to get to toward the end. But um, yeah, I think with... I think they wanted it to be a show that, like you said, could be a self-contained standalone show. Uh, and it is. It's the story of Wanda working through her grief, basically, and her eventual acceptance of it. And, uh, you know, she doesn't exactly come out of it on the other side a better person. She very evidently flies off as the Scarlet Witch, very um, very aware of what she's capable of now. And she's about to go explore the depths of that, as we see in the second post credit scene. Um, 
so yeah, I think it is a pretty good self-contained thing. But I think ultimately when we look back and we watch all the movies that we've uh expect this show to set up, um, you know, again, Captain Marvel 2, uh Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, uh Secret Invasion, I'm sure is gonna play into it a little bit, uh, with the scrolls and, and the Monica Rambeau uh first ending. Um I think that, uh, and whether this is by design or they just have the ability to go back and kind of retcon things by addressing them in, you know, later releases that they're about, they're going to release later on, um, later releases they're going to release later on. Good one. Um, I think that in Captain Marvel 2, we're probably going to get some sort of, you know, more of a backstory as to what was up with Monica's powers, because the idea that she just got them through walking through the hex twice that doesn't make any sense to me. And if it is, that's bad writing. And uh, if that's how it was intended to be perceived, that she gets them through walking through the hex and, you know, maybe they hear people, not like me, but people in general just saying, hey, this is how she got her powers. This is Monica Rambeau's origin story. She walked through the hex. Some people said that that was cool and that it was cool to see. I think Ant said it to me a few weeks back. He's like, it's cool to see the birth of a hero for the first time in the MCU in a bit. And I'd argue. We've yet to see that birth of a hero. You know, we're going to see some flashback stuff with her, I bet. Um, I think she was concealing her powers all along. Um, but I think the thing that ultimately ruins WandaVision for me, for a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, is what I have been doing uh, and what a lot of YouTube content creators have been doing and other podcast hosts. Uh, as we're watching these episodes each week, we're, we're spinning our best theories. You know, we're looking for clues. We're looking for hints of, you know, what could be happening next. There's some fucking shut out there who watches every episode of WandaVision at like 0.25 speed and like slows it down for visual clues and just, I don't know, I never watched one. I could never watch one of his videos. That's ridiculous to me. But I assume they just look for those little visual clues and, um, you know, kind of exacerbate <laughs> uh, the situation that I'm about to talk about. So they spin out all these theories, right? In some cases, uh, I think a lot of people felt that their own theories, and I, I was definitely on this train with the Mephisto stuff, and I know a lot of people were on that Mephisto train. Um, Eric Voss, I'm looking at you, buddy. I think that because people were able to spin such creative theories with such an in-depth knowledge of the comics and being able to you know, take clues from what they're seeing given to us episode to episode and match it up against what they know from the comics and, you know, spin out some really intricate stories that it's a heck of a lot easier to type out in a comment section or a lot easier for somebody to verbalize on a microphone like I'm doing, as opposed to actually going out and executing that story in uh, the television medium. Um, I think that when they sat down to write WandaVision, and I think this is actually part of a transition period for Marvel, personally speaking, like, I feel like the story of WandaVision could have been like a two and a half or three hour movie if they really wanted it to be. I'm happy that it wasn't. I'm happy that they gave us much more time with these characters. Um, I think it was better served by being delivered in the format it was. But I think when they approached the story arc of it, I think they very much looked at it as like a three act movie. You know, the first act is uh, the first, uh, I guess, three or four episodes of of the series wherein, you know, they kind of drop you in and you're uh, learning more about this world and the circumstances that led you there. And, you know, what does Wanda know? What does Wanda not know? Why is Vision back? And 
They drop you in the middle of this mystery. And they give you all of these hints as to what could be going on. But then other points, there's intentional misdirection. And I think of somebody like uh, Emma Caulfield playing Dottie Jones. And how Dottie Jones just so happens to be married to someone named Phil Jones. And how Arcana Jones was a blonde woman married to somebody named Phil Jones in the Marvel books. The names that were put on those characters were almost too on purpose for them to just be like, oh no, they're just another child. Like they put those names in there knowing that people would go absolutely bananas on the internet researching who these people would be and who they could potentially be in the in the greater plot of all of this. And, you know, I, I thought Emma Caulfield, I think by the second episode, I'm like, oh, she's the devil. All right, cool. The devil's in the details, Bev. She's the key. Her roses bloom under a penalty of death. Like, they very evidently wanted you to believe that something was going on with Emma Caulfield. I mean, I understand that. That's also what Agatha Harkness wanted you to believe as well, to just direct from her. But, I, I mean, some things are clues. Some things are red herrings, int- intentional misdirection, like the stuff that I'm talking about. Other things are quote-unquote Easter eggs. Like an Easter egg that I can think of, I think it's the second episode in the opening, um, the opening credits, I think it's the, Bewe- the Bewitched theme song. They like pan down through the floorboards and you see, I believe it's the Grim Reaper's like helmet. And it's like, oh, wow, the Grim Reaper, are we making a deal with death here? Is that what this is? Why would his helmet be in the floorboards? That's something I can say, all right, that's just a little... Marvel Easter egg for the eagle-eyed Marvel fan word. That I'll put in the Easter egg category. But to be like, to name her Dottie Jones, to name her husband Phil Jones, was that, what is that? Can't say it's by accident. I guarantee you it's not by accident. Um, I, I put that, I put that under the intentional, uh, misdirection category for sure. Um, you know, and then there's other things like the, I don't know, drop plot threads or things that they had to drop for sake of time. Or I, I don't know, I think of something like the dead dog and like him eating uh, the flowers that we all were meant to think were something evil. I don't know. I feel like that was kind of not explored as, as well as it could be, whether on purpose or not. I don't know. Um, I feel like because we had so many things to work with on a week to week basis, whether, you know, whatever category that the things may come from, uh, you know, drop threads, Easter eggs, or intentional misdirections, clues, you know, whatever category those things come from. There was just so much material to not theorize with. And like I said, it's a lot easier for us to just spit these takes on a microphone than it is to go execute them within the medium of television. So um, at the end of the day, they took the the safe, I feel, the safe kind of landing where you know, we get a big Marvel movie ending to this television show. You know, we have a big battle in the sky, fight the bad guys. Vision versus Vision fight was cool to see. Um, real, I guess, real Vision or not White Vision? That's not that's not racist, I don't think. Um, white Vision versus Vision, right? And to see Vision doing the phasing while uh, White Vision's trying to punch him and Eventually, White Vision starts to adopt that as well and like starts to learn through the fight. And then they just have the, uh, the logic off with the ship of Theseus. Super cool. 
um, and subverted expectations a little bit, given how explosive those um, those two characters fighting could have been. You know, we do see them chuck lasers at each other, which is dope, but I feel like it could have been a bit more explosive. Um, which, by the way, speaking of explosions or fireworks or whatever, Paul Bettany, you lended to this thing as well. Like, in your whole, oh, I'm doing a cameo with somebody I've always wanted to work with, and blah, blah, blah. Like, you didn't help. You, you threw some fuel on that fire. Director Matt Shackman was quick to be like, eh, he dug that hole. Um, by the way, Matt Shackman, um, he just did an awesome sit down with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin on Fat Man Beyond over the weekend. Um, go watch it on YouTube. It is excellent. And he actually, I think, like, I've always been a big Shackman fan just because I knew that he worked very closely with the guys on Sonny. Uh, he did like a whole season of Sun. Like I think he's done like 40 plus episodes of Sonny. So I knew his name and I'm like, yo, to see Matt Shackman then jump from Sonny to, he did a few episodes of the boys, I believe as well. Um, and we did I, at least one that I did a commentary on at some point. I don't know. Um, whether or not I released it, different story. I, uh, I just, I was happy to see him make the jump over to helm this huge Marvel project. So learning more about his background through that Kevin Smith interview was fascinating. Like he's like a, he was born to make this show. He's, he was born and raised in television, you know, growing up on, uh, as a, as a child actor on like stuff like growing pains and stuff like that, which I, I did not know, had no idea. Um, found that very fascinating to learn, but, um, yeah. Uh, Shackman interview with Kevin Smith. Uh, I want to come back to that in a, second because he did drop another little hint in there that uh i kind of like but i want to wrap up this point about theorizing and, and how it's kind of undercut our enjoyment here because we especially i, I can relate to this 100 percent. i caught so much pride out of having some of my early theories you know hit it out of the park that uh i wanted to you know i wanted to pitch a perfect game you know i wanted to stay in and when I, you know, gave up a hit and some of my theories got blown up, I was pissed and I didn't enjoy the game as much. Um, I think a lot of people felt that way with the WandaVision finale. I actually had a moment while I was watching it. Like I'm watching this Dragon Ball Z witch fight in the sky and I'm like, wow, I did not expect this to be the route they went. Like the safest possible route I feel they could have gone was to, you know, have a big villain fight at the end and call it a day. Um, and that's exactly what they did. Um, and I didn't think they were going to do that. I thought they were going to continue to subvert expectations and make it bigger and make it a big open-ended sort of cliffhanger thing and give us all of the reason in the world to look forward to Dr. Strange for the next few months. Well, I guess, you know, eight, nine months. I think it's Christmas time. That's supposed to come out. Um, or maybe that's when Spider-Man comes out and Dr. Strange comes out next year. Oh, maybe that's why they had to wrap it up all nice and pretty. Who knows? Anyway. I had a moment where I sat down and I hit pause because sometimes I watch TV standing up because I'm weird, but I hit pause and I just thought to myself, all right, I automatically have to like separate what my theories were from what I actually think of how this is going to be. Like, cause I felt my, I just knew it. I was like, Oh, I'm not seeing Mephisto in this. This is not gonna. And I felt like a, a twinge of shame. And I was like, Oh man, I've spent a lot of time talking about the devil showing up here. I can't let that influence what I ultimately think about how this show wraps up here. 
And like I said, I enjoyed the ending. I felt it wrapped up well for what it was trying to do, and that was tell a more character-driven story. It ended up being not the world-imploding story that we all expected it to be, but I guess like the prequel to it. So I am um I, I have the moment and I and I say that to myself, and I'm glad I did. I made the concerted effort to watch the rest of the episode from there on out with that frame of mind. Like, kiss your theories, goodbye, just let's see how we land this plane, and let's hope that it wraps up this story in a satisfying way. And I don't think everybody had that frame of mind, you know? I don't think everybody uh, gave it a fair shake, because once their theories were blown out of the water, they automatically looked at it with uh, less favorable eyes, like they had a chip on their shoulder. So... I guess that's kind of my my problem with WandaVision. Um, and the problem with WandaVision is us, us the fans. We can't shut the fuck up. Uh, and that's the thing. Like, it's fun to talk amongst your friends about this stuff. But then there's like a whole other league to it where, you know, people make YouTube careers out of it. And they're just, you know, batting away the same kind of crazy off the wall theories and overanalyzing every single little clue that they can find within an episode Sometimes they're meant to be clues. Sometimes they're meant to be Easter eggs or references for the fans to catch, the eagle-eyed fan. Um, Other times, you know, they're intentional misdirects. Who knows? Now, intentional misdirects. I have to wrap this up because I'm almost at my time limit. Ralph Boner. Not very happy about the Ralph Boner thing. But here's the thing. I absolutely refuse to believe that Kevin Feige casted Evan Peters to do this and didn't think or didn't know that we would all assume something was uh was up and and i mean that in the sense of the the mutants are coming the x-men are coming i don't think it's uh i don't know i i think for him to not have like for them to just write this off as like oh it's the second Darren it's a uh, you know the the second Aunt Viv the recast that nobody ever really talks about to have them write it off as that I get it but that's really lazy why not just have it be anybody then why have it be Evan Peters why can't it just be any old Joe fucking schmo in Westview that was living the life as an unemployed actor so. Not convinced that we've seen the end on that one. What I did learn is that WandaVision wasn't originally slated to be the first thing released um, for Marvel Phase 4. Um, originally, it was, uh, I think it's supposed to be after Falcon Winter Soldier and after the Eternals movie and after Black Widow. I really wish Marvel would just release Black Widow already on Disney+, Plus, but it's looking like they're holding out for a theater release in the summer. I'm convinced, man. Hopefully we're going to see a mutant in Black Widow. It could be in the... I've heard rumors. Who knows if it's true or not. We could see the mutant Omega Red um, and have that sort of be the first mutant and get a taste of, you know, what the, I guess, Russian Weapon X project would look like Um, because we're going to be, you know, seeing Red Guardian and... Black Widows in the web in the Red Room and I think it's Red Room. Um and all of the stuff that is in that background there, we actually might get the mutant introduction there. With that in mind, if we weren't meant to see WandaVision uh until fourth in line, and maybe we already had some uh, explanation as to how mutants have crossed over into this world despite them not existing prior to this in Omega Red. I don't know. 
I really don't understand how they're going to explain it, but I refuse to believe that he's just some out-of-work actor, Ralph Boner. Um, it's Because why cast him? Why wouldn't you just cast a John Stamos lookalike if you wanted to make an Uncle Jesse joke at the end of episode five or whatever? Like, genuinely kind of infuriating to me. Um, Shackman in that interview as well, you know, did speak to the fact that originally it was slated to be 10 episodes. Uh, they shaved it down to nine. There was a big set piece uh, in, in the 10th episode that they ultimately decided to cut. And it took the shape of... Um, I think he described it as a Goonies set piece um, in a big chase scene um, where the boys, I guess, tried to get uh, the Darkhold from wherever it is in that underground lair. And uh, the rabbit, uh, Agatha's familiar, uh, takes its demon form or whatever, is how he described it. But they shot it. They didn't uh, do the special effects for it. Um, they, they ultimately cut it. Uh, I don't know why I thought it would have been, um, especially given how much like stuff they left in for Senor Scratchy and all the stuff in the prior episodes to not really see what the payoff was outside of, we know he's Agatha's familiar and we don't really see him do much more than what we saw him do. I thought it was interesting that he kind of gave us that, uh, that hint that, uh, there was supposed to be more there originally. Uh, and they cut it for whatever reason to give us this safe kind of ending. Um, I don't know. I feel like this was sort of the perfect storm for people to have underwhelmed, uh, a rea- an underwhelming reaction to the final product because our theories and our own expectations were just set so high uh, because of all the shit talking we've been doing on podcasts and YouTube for the last two months. So. Um, the biggest problem with WandaVision, yes, it's us, us the fans. Um, so Falcon Winter Soldier starts in a couple weeks. I do not expect it to be um, as as prime time for this theorizing problem that I just you know kind of talked about for like twenty five minutes. I think it's going to be a lot more. You know, I expect like cliffhanger endings each week. You know, to make you want to tune in next week to see if Sam and Bucky get out of the thing, but. I don't think there's going to be nearly as much ambiguity with uh, all of the clues and plot details that they give us or, you know, try to give us to throw us off the path. And I mean, I know, understand that a lot of that was written into the narrative of the show and, and magic and illusions and warping reality for your own, you know, your own purposes, your own ends. I understand that that's all baked into the cake, but... I don't know, man. Either they fell in love with the writing style a little too much and, you know, writing dialogue in a way that kind of made you feel like, oh, we're going to come back to this. This is going to be a big old hint. It's going to be a real meta series is is what I was thinking this entire time. I'm going to go back to episode four in, in two years and say, wow, they really planned it this far in advance, huh? And, you know, by the end of like episode seven, I guess, or episode eight, they kind of abandoned that and they were like, all right, we're at the end of a Marvel movie now and we need to have the big action set piece and the, the villain fights the good guy, even though the good guy is kind of the evil guy the whole time. Um, it, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. Tyler Hayward. That was a real fucking interesting villain. What's his deal? Well, he wants the vision to make a weapon. Why? All right, well, uh, anything else we can make him do? Have him shoot these kids. All right, he's going to jail now. 
great. Uh, Missy, uh, Jimmy Woo's missing person. Who the hell is that? We never found that one out. That could be something that's addressed in uh, whatever. Uh, what did I say? Eternals, Black Widow, or Falcon Winter Soldier. Maybe that's something that's addressed in one of those, given that we were meant to see those first before WandaVision. Um, Monica's powers already talked about. What's going to happen with White Vision? He just flew off into the nothing. I think the perfect excuse for White Vision would be he'll probably show up, I imagine, in, uh, in Doctor Strange to be like, Wanda, I'm White Vision. I remember all the old Vision stuff, though, so I won't try to crush your skull again this time. And they'll be friends. But also, maybe he'll go launch the Young Avengers. That'd be cool. <sighs> I don't know, man. What's up with that delivery guy, too? Don't shoot me. I'm just a messenger. Is he Jimmy Woo's guy? Why is he the guy? How did Wanda learn to make runes in five minutes? Now I'm just reading off my random bullet points on this notepad. I shifted the, uh, shifted the song up. Gave myself some time. What about the deed? On the car seat of Wanda's, on the seat of Wanda's car. Who left a deed for this plot of land in Westview? Somebody just break into her car, leave it there and leave? Who put it there? Come on. Was it Agatha? All along? Did she leave that shit there too? I refuse to believe that. I don't know. Intentional misdirection, Marvel. It's your own goddamn fault. Try to be cute and clever and shit. You got a ang- bunch of angry-ass fanboys. What's great about us, though, is, uh, you know, we'll probably just accept it for what it is and not start a petition to release the Shackman cut. So, that's cool. Glad we got that going for us. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. I hope you guys enjoyed WandaVision. Again, I know that I just bitched about a bunch of random stuff for a few minutes at a time and didn't do it very coherently. Uh, I'm not really going to edit this, so enjoy. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed WandaVision. I'm looking forward to 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 Falcon and Winter Soldier in a couple of weeks. I think it's going to be a much easier watch in terms of, you know, not a heck of a lot to speculate on. Just fun action buddy cop kind of stuff. Uh, watching those two make fun of each other is going to be great. WandaVision was a really great product, but ultimately I don't think it was for a lot of us the um, the world-breaking product that we were hoping it to be knowing that it's leading into something like the multiverse of madness or it's going to end i should say in something like the multiverse of madness um it instead of feeling like the first act of this you know trilogy and the trilogy that i've outlined is wandavision spider-man 2 or 3 spider-man 3 and then dr strange at the end wandavision didn't feel like the first act of that three act structure it felt like the prequel to the whatever movie so, all right, uh, before we wrap it up this week, sort of a, this is kind of why I'm late this week. I'm not having a good couple of days. Um, I do want to say at the risk of turning this into, um, you know, Kyle just says goodbye to all his dead friends show. Uh, my friend Billy lost the battle with uh, depression, uh, I guess a couple of days ago. I say friend. I uh, I was friendly with him in middle school and high school. We graduated together. He hung out with Carlton for a couple of years in middle school. So he was around my Aunt Cordy's house back then and, you know, played Halo. And he was down at the land parties back then. 
he was in uh he was in my my band uh, Maximilian's work crew <laughs> for a minute um and then when we graduated he moved up to a couple hours away in New Hampshire you know, we weren't particularly tight in high school or anything but friendly um he moved up to New Hampshire and we just he had you know friends and family up there and a life up there and uh yeah his sister posted it the other day and you know like I said it's not somebody I'm super tight with but depression is something that I fight every goddamn day some days are worse than others but it kills me to know that he had one of the he had a particularly bad day if you guys hear a puppy crying in the background his name is Al <laughs> um yeah it's uh he's a great kid he's funny he's smart he's a good musician Love Monty Python. He loved the Reverend Horton Heat. <laughs> Love the World of Warcraft and Diablo 2. It sucks to see anybody lose that fight. Never mind somebody you, you know, were friendly with uh grown up. Uh to know that he was still walking around with the demons uh in his thirties, you know. Um You know, I Bad days come, dude. They're always going to come. Whether you struggle with depression or not. And whether that bad day is triggered by like you having something bad happen to you externally, like a car accident or like somebody hacks your debit card or, you know, you hurt yourself falling on the stairs or something like, I don't know. Or you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you just don't know why you wake up in a in a bad mood um, or in a sad mood, you know, conversely. Um, the bad days are going to come regardless. Varying degrees. And it's just so important to try to understand that it's just that day. And you just get to tomorrow. Just get to tomorrow. I probably haven't talked to Bill since we graduated high school. But this one hit me, man. It hurt. Formative years spent together for sure. Like 7th, 8th grade. You know. Very clear memories in my head. Because it was before I started drinking. But. I guess I can relate to how we must have felt. But my brain at least has that thing programmed into it. Just got to tomorrow. Sometimes that takes the shape of, uh, you know, two or three depression naps in a day for you know, three or four hours at a time. I don't know, man. I wish Bill... To try to talk to somebody because he's a good guy, and I feel terrible for his sister, the rest of his family. 
coming up on a year of uh, mostly being alone or like limited to our immediate family in terms of uh, most social interactions, you know, I imagine a lot of people are feeling shitty. If you're feeling shitty, please talk to somebody, whether that's a professional or a friend or a family member or whatever, or if you, I mean, I've had a few, more than a few of you tweet at me or DM me, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm here, but talk to somebody. Don't just keep it inside. You can't. And then, you know, understand that there is a finish line on the day. And the next morning when you have your reset, could be a better day. Do it for Super Dope. Sorry to end on such a somber fucking note, but last couple days have not been very fun. How did she learn the runes? What do you mean you know runes all of a sudden? You saw the runes downstairs and the thing, and now you know runes, Wanda. Runes. <sighs> Super Dope. Wanda Vision. That was all it was.